so many of us, and I know I have been guilty of this in the past. I thought that my kids should be the first above everything else. My marriage, myself, everything evolved around my children. And I'm not saying don't love your kids and don't do things for your kids, but they don't need to be the absolute center of the universe. It's okay to tell your kid, hold on a minute. I have to go to the bathroom. You are safe. You are okay. I need to take care of myself and do a basic human need and go to the bathroom. Welcome to the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Perda. As a marriage coach who's married with three kids, I know how easy it is for marriage to take a back seat. But unlike your parents' marriage, your marriage can feel good while raising kids and doesn't have to feel hard. It can look like having each other's backs, even flirting and looking forward to spending time with each other. And I'm here to help you. So join me here each week as we dive into what it takes for your marriage to become something you enjoy again, from how to handle conflict better and bringing that spark back into your relationship. If you're ready for your marriage to feel good again, this podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest, not only because it's another Michelle and another Michelle with two L's, because there's a difference, (laughs) but we are talking about something that I personally have experienced and Michelle has experienced, the other Michelle, and I think needs to be talked about more because... Fun fact, I didn't actually know I experienced this until I looked back. So we want to help you understand what postpartum mental health is, what signs that you can look out for to identify that maybe you did experience it, or maybe you're going through it right now. And Michelle's going to share some amazing tips and advice and recommendations to help you navigate it so that it doesn't feel like it's so consuming because I don't know about you, but like my experience with motherhood has been a lot. It hasn't always been easy. And looking back, I'm like, wow, I needed help and I had no idea. So I'm hoping that you can walk away from listening to this episode knowing a, oh, I'm going through some stuff and offer you some validation that you are in fact going through some stuff and B with tips on how to move forward so that you can reclaim your life and feel better about how things are now as you navigate motherhood, because let's be real here. Motherhood is not a walk in the park. Okay. So anyway, without further ado, (laughs) Michelle Solger, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to talk to these moms. Okay, so Michelle is a mom of two, a wife, and a certified mental wellness coach for postpartum moms. She helps moms experiencing overwhelm, mom rage, lack of patience with their kids, brain fog, or difficulty managing simple tasks emerge with newfound confidence in their ability to prioritize self-care without feeling guilty, feel comfortable in their own skin, both physically and mentally, and truly embrace the journey of motherhood. I feel like that introduction alone pretty much summarizes every single mom's experience of becoming a mom. (laughs) Yeah. The experience that you have that you didn't realize you were going to have. Yes, exactly. The part that they don't warn you about, right? Exactly. So So, thank you for having me. Yeah, Um, absolutely. 
Can you share with us where you live, how old your kids are? Let us know who you are, what you do, and why you got into this work. Yeah. So I am in West Virginia. I have two kiddos, like you said. I have a a three-and-a-half-year-old little boy and a five-year-old sassy little girl. She keeps me on my toes. But my first venture into motherhood, when I had my daughter, I felt completely blindsided just by motherhood in general. Because how motherhood really is, is not what you see in the movies. Not at all. Even the giving birth part. It's not that glamorous. And you don't always feel that immediate bond when that baby is, is placed on you. And breastfeeding is not just, oh, hey, you put the baby here and they just magically know what to do. It's not like that. So from the beginning, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm doing this, like there's something wrong with me. Because that's where we automatically jump, that it's our fault. There's something wrong with me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a bad mom. I'm not cut out for this. And that was like how it started. And then, you know, it just spiraled down. And it wasn't until I made some other mom friends who were honest with me about what they were going through. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is just really hard. And nobody told me that. Yeah, I feel like they prepare us so much during pregnancy. This is what you're going to feel. There's a million books about it. Mm -hmm. That's what your OBGYN talks to you about or your midwife. Like, okay, you're going to feel some hip pain, maybe some back pain. And, you know, you're going to get bigger and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be tired. But what happens when after you have the kid, like maybe you have one lactation class and you never can plan whether your kid's going to get it or not, or whether they're going to have latching issues or not, and what to do with your well-being when you're like, where is my milk? Or how come I'm not making enough milk? Like, it's that mental aspect and emotional aspect that I feel like we are not prepared for at all. It's just purely physical. And then not to mention when you're done, right? Like you have the child, they're like, let me see you one time six to eight weeks later. And then you fill out this checklist to make sure that you don't want to kill yourself. And that's about it. Go on your merry way. Good luck. Don't even get me started on that. (laughs) You have so many visits during pregnancy. There's so many resources. You have the apps, what's going on every week, all this. And then you have this baby and it's crickets. You get the one visit where literally they're mostly like, if you have an incision, they'll check that. If you've had tearing, they'll check that you're healed. You'll fill out that checklist. Not convinced half of the providers even look at it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And they're like, all right, you can return to normal activities. You can have sex again. You can have sex. You're cleared for all physical activities. Cause you know, you can definitely go from having babies to back to running in six weeks. That's totally. That makes makes so much sense. sense. We should just go back to your normal life six weeks after having a baby. Like what? Nobody tells you what's going on in your body, why you're feeling certain ways, how long things are going to last, what's normal, what's not normal, or even what we should be doing to help our bodies recover. Almost 50% of moms suffer from what's called postnatal depletion. So all those minerals and, and nutrients that you lose when you have that baby and you birth that placenta because your body gives it all to them, You're not taught how to get those back. And then we wonder why we feel like crap all the time. 
You know, that's where I feel like I lucked out just because I am Chinese and traditional Chinese medicine. When you have a child, if you come from a very traditional Chinese household, you are not to leave the home for a month. You are literally to do nothing. And your parents or your in-laws or some kind of family member put you on a food protocol. They will make certain things for you to eat to replenish your body. And I wish that was more common knowledge for the rest of the world who doesn't do that, who doesn't see food as medicine. That would be amazing if that was like the common practice here in America. Yeah. Because that sounds great. But yeah, like you said, it's not. You've taken care of baby. Most of the time mom is reaching for whatever she can get. It's nursely processed foods because that's yep. what is fast. If you've got another kid, then you're grabbing the leftovers off of their plates. Because let's be real, how many times has that been your meal? You're just trying to get whatever is there or you sit down, you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. You sit down and you're like, I haven't had a real meal today. And then you're wondering why you're not making enough milk, why you're having problems with breastfeeding. If you're not giving your body the nutrients it needs, any nutrients you have will be given to baby via that breast milk. And you will be left with nothing. I don't think people fully grasp that when they're like, oh, I'm not making enough. What supplements can I take? I have nothing against supplements. Love a good supplement. But you need to start with what your nutrition look like. How much are you actually drinking? How much are you hydrated? How much are you eating? Oh, you're drinking one cup of coffee all day and that's it? It's probably why you're not producing a lot because your body doesn't have anything to give. I always had this rule where it's like, however much I think the baby drank, I need to drink that and then like double it because mm -hmm. I myself need, <laughs> need hydration. Yes. But it's so crazy because you just assume that your body knows what to do and that it has what it needs. And we don't stop to think like, oh, I just need to increase my input to affect the output. Mm -hmm. And then we blame ourselves and blame our bodies for not doing what it's supposed to do. And that in itself is a rocky slope to go down. Absolutely. So what led you to become a mental wellness coach for postpartum moms? How did you get here? So it's kind of a long road. Um, after my son was born, I dealt with postpartum depression. So that is kind of what got me really realizing another aspect of what moms go through and how many moms suffer in silence because either they don't know they're going through it or they're ashamed to tell anybody that they're going through it because there's such a stigma with it. I tell every mom I talk to, having postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety is not a character flaw. It's nothing you did wrong. It is a chemical imbalance in your body. It does not say that you are a bad mom. It does not mean anything about you. So we have to get rid of that stigma. Just because I dealt with mental health issues means that I didn't know how to take care of my baby. It didn't. It was something chemically wrong in my brain. Once I was able to get through that, get on the other side of it, it just really opened my eyes to how little support there is about it and how little education there is about it. And I still find people today that are like, I didn't know about postpartum depression. I didn't know it was a thing. And I just don't understand how that can still be happening. And so 
just having my own experiences, I wanted to be able to help moms through it. So I found something that would be a way to help moms care for themselves because your overall mental wellness really is all encompassing of everything. It's your mindset, your stress management, your sleep, your movement and exercise, your nutrition. It it takes everything into effect. And I thought it was a really good way to be able to help moms in a really whole way. Can you tell us more about your experience with postpartum depression? Because I know I didn't even realize that I experienced that until, I don't know, a few months ago. I had heard the term before, but my idea of depression, Mm -hmm. because it was so different than what I experienced, I was like, no, it's not that. Because I was still functioning. I was still laughing here and there. And I didn't have thoughts of hurting myself. So I'm like, I'm not depressed, right? Like I actually have depression in my family. I don't happen to have it. So I was like, well, by comparison, no, like that doesn't apply to me. That sucks for the people that have it. And I feel for them, but I don't have that. So tell us, what was your experience of postpartum depression? Yeah, that's something I love to point out is that postpartum depression is not the same. It does not show up clinically the same as your normal depression because you can get out of bed because you have to. You have a baby who depends on you. You can get out of bed every day. I got out of bed every day, but there was zero emotion behind it. I did the things because I had to do the things. I mean, like I felt like a robot. I was feeding the baby because the baby had to be fed. There was zero bonding there at the time. For me, I felt like every day was Groundhog's Day. I was very short-tempered. That mom rage, that's a sign of postpartum depression. I would snap over any little thing. And it got to the point where like, my husband was almost afraid to talk to me mm-hmm. because he didn't know what would set me off. So he's like, I don't know. I don't want to say anything to set her off because I don't know what's going to do it. And I was just very short-tempered. For me personally, it was more of the insomnia side that when baby was sleeping, I would just lay in bed with those racing thoughts of just go to sleep. What about this? Oh my gosh, what about this? Like I couldn't turn it off. And I didn't necessarily have thoughts of hurting myself, but I had thoughts of leaving my family. Mm -hmm. I've learned later that that is actually considered suicidal thoughts. I had thoughts that my family would be better off without me and thought about getting in the car and just driving away. And like looking back on it, you're like, whoa, that's really extreme. But in the moment, like I truly felt that was true. I thought that I had ruined my family by bringing this new child in because that's when everything changed. I didn't realize it was because I had things going on. It wasn't my fault. But when you're deep in that, it's hard to see that part. My husband obviously could see that something was off with me, but I don't even think he really realized what it was or what was going on. And I had a good friend that I confided in and kind of told her what was going on. And she was like, Michelle, you need to tell your doctor. So at my six weeks visit, I had even like written it out all on my phone, the the things I was going through. Because it's not an easy thing to bring up to somebody. It's very intimidating. And so she was like, how are you feeling? You want to be like, great. Yes, the canned answer. Cool. Bye. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. Told her how I was feeling. And she was like, well, you know, you're cleared for exercise now. Get back into your normal routine. And I think you'll be fine. 
Totally dismissed it. Yeah. Wow. And so I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm fine then. And it was that weekend that I hit what I consider kind of my lowest point. We had people over for dinner that were moving out of town. So this is going to be the last time we saw them. And I normally love entertaining. Like, I love having people over. That's just, that's who I am. And I couldn't bring myself to go down and see them. Mm. I sat up in the nursery with my baby crying. I was the one crying. He might have been crying too, but I was just sitting there crying. And I was like, yeah, I don't think this is normal. And Mm. so I, I told that friend that I had confided in before. And she was like, yeah, that's not normal. You need help. And she's like, Monday morning, you need to call your doctor back and be like, no, I need help. Help me. And so that's what I did. But it was not an easy path to get there. No, and thank goodness your friend truly helped you realize that you needed to advocate for yourself. Because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm betting there's a lot of people out there who are keeping it in the shadows because they don't want to admit that they're not having the ideal experience of having a kid, right? Because when we have kids the focus is mostly on the baby. Like when Mm -hmm. people come visit, they're like, oh, I want to see the baby. Mm -hmm. They rarely ask how you're doing. And when they do ask, they're assuming you're fine. So they don't actually want to hear how you're doing other than, oh, I'm tired, which is like, okay, yeah, given, right? (laughs) Yes, I'm tired. But with my experience, it was so strange because I had no idea I went through it until I looked back. And this is actually recent. My youngest child is three and a half now. Okay. So we often think about postpartum as like the first, I don't know, year after the Mm -hmm. child is born. But looking back after I started truly like exercising and noticing the difference in how I felt, like I had more pep to my step. I felt more creative. And I was like, holy shit, I actually feel like myself again. Oh my gosh, have I been experiencing postpartum depression up until this point? And I asked my husband, I felt silly bringing it up to him. I was like, don't laugh. But like, I'm actually wondering if I experienced postpartum depression. And he was like, yeah, I asked you a year ago if you were depressed. I was like, I don't even remember you bringing that up to me. I had no idea. He was like, yeah, I noticed that you aren't yourself. Like I took a lot of naps. Mm -hmm. I felt very little motivation to do anything Mm -hmm. other than what I had to do. Like I still had friends over, but it wasn't the same. I didn't have any motivation to do chores and like, trust me, I know nobody likes it, but like you still do it, right? Like you get into those like modes where you're like, I'm going to get this done. And I know it's going to feel good afterwards. Right. I had none of that. Unless I had to go do something, I just wanted to lay in bed. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I thought that was just me being tired because I have three kids and I was doing self-care, but it was really a lack of motivation and a lack of drive for life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have those moments where I was like, I want to hurt myself or I want to leave my family, you know? And so I was like, no, there's no way. I never thought that I had it. And it's so crazy how much of a spectrum there is when it comes to postpartum depression. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that's a great thing you bring up is it doesn't just happen right away. Yeah. It can happen kind of a delayed onset. 
Mm-hmm. Um, originally, they said within the first year, but now they're saying even longer that could happen. So a lot of people have this delayed. You don't start feeling bad till six months, a year later, and you're like, "What's what is this?" Like, well, it can't be postpartum depression because baby's a year old. It would it have can. happened already. Yeah, it can. And again, there's so little education about it though that you don't realize that's what it is. So then you don't know how to help yourself because you don't know what's going on and what you need to get past it. So much. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we've covered two very different ends of postpartum depression. What are some things that our listeners out there can look out for when it comes to postpartum depression? And there's even a thing called postpartum anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? And you can have both. So Mm -hmm. what are some things that people can look out for to be like, oh, shoot, that's me or that was me? Again, like you said, symptoms can be very, very individualized. But I think a big thing is not feeling like yourself and not having the joy, not enjoying the things that you used to. Because with sleeping, you could either sleep a ton or not sleep at all. With eating, you could either eat a lot or just not eat. I was on the not eating spectrum. I was on the other side. (laughs) But I also know when I'm stressed or when I'm anxious, like from pre-kids, like back when I was in college, I was always somebody who didn't eat when I was stressed. Mm. So, you know, I'm sure that plays into it, but it can be either way. But it's those things that are out of the norm. So not enjoying things, sleeping too much or too little, eating too much or too little, those moments of rage, those fits of anger that you have. That you're like, whoa, who, who is that? And it is hard to see when you're in it. So having somebody who's, and it may not even be your husband, because sometimes I feel like the husband's almost too close to it too. Because when they're with you every day, they may not see if it's subtle changes. Whereas somebody from the outside that comes in, they're like, whoa, like you aren't yourself. And so it's really sometimes it's that person that just looks at you in a loving way and says, you're not yourself. Not, well, what's wrong with you? But just like, are you okay? Yeah. Like you just don't seem like yourself. The person I know, are you okay? Do you need something? I think being able to identify that you are in fact going through it is such a huge thing. Cause then now, you know, like, oh, this isn't the way motherhood's supposed to be. Like, yeah, kids are stressful. Okay. We will be the first to raise our hand and be like, yeah, this is stressful. (laughs) However, if that is like your constant state, Mm -hmm. your constant experience, and you are not doing things for yourself anymore, whether it's taking time for yourself, exercising, even just considering yourself as a priority, that's a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. I remember a time in my journey, because the way my journey went, I ended up on medication and in therapy. Those are the things that helped me. And I remember a moment later, dancing around my living room, we were watching The Greatest Showman, dancing around with my daughter. The living room was an absolute disaster. And I remember like kind of taking a step back and being like, whoa, like I actually felt joy in the moment. And it kind of took me back because I was like, When's the last time I felt that? Mm -hmm. I wasn't stressed out from all the toys on the ground. I wasn't 
thinking about all the other things, I was in the moment with my daughter making those memories. And it's things like that that kind of make you step back and go, whoa, I didn't realize how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild how sometimes it's so subtle in the decrease in the quality of your life and your experience that it really takes you experiencing that glimpse of how you used to feel. And you're like, oh, I recognize this. I like this. Wait a minute. What happened? How come this isn't my norm anymore? Mm -hmm. Is there a way for us to identify that we're actually in it without like having to wait until that point? Or do we really just have to be lucky to have someone point out and say, hey, are you doing okay? I think it's really just being in tune with what you're feeling and (laughs) being honest with yourself. Yeah. Because it is hard for somebody else to really say that something's wrong with you because so much of it is internal. And unless somebody's watching how much you're eating or how much you're not eating, what those little things, it's hard for somebody else to say that, but it's being honest with yourself. And if you are struggling with anything, whether it be postpartum depression or just motherhood, having somebody that you trust that you can talk to about it, whether it be a friend or a therapist. There's nothing wrong with that. But having that person that you can be honest and tell those honest thoughts to, that is a third party that can tell you, okay, these are just normal motherhood thoughts. Having a baby is hard. This is just you adjusting. Or this is not normal. This is something else. This is what we need to do about it. So opening up, letting people in, being really honest about your experience instead of trying to like put up this facade that everything's Mm -hmm. all good because you have a baby. Like, yes, you can be grateful for your baby. You can be grateful to be a mom and experience all these other challenges. Right. And and I think without having that courage to open up, it will be difficult for anyone to see because, you know, they say mental illness is like the invisible mm-hmm. thing, right? Like nobody can really see it until sometimes when it's too late. Yeah. And a lot of times with postpartum depression, just like with normal depression, most times it doesn't go away on its own. Mm-hmm. And so you may think, oh, it'll get better. It'll get better. Most likely it's not going to. And that's just going to continue to affect your motherhood experience. Because like looking back on where I was, if I stayed in that state, I can't imagine like how difficult and how much harder things would have been. Because once I got the help I needed, I was able to start relaxing a little bit. I was able to start eating like a normal person and sleeping and bonding with my baby and having those moments where you actually look down and you're like, huh, I made that. Mm-hmm. And not just looking at the baby like he was a chore because that's what it felt like. This is a chore that I have to take care of. But actually getting to have those moments and remember and experience those firsts in the beginning. Being present, I think, yes. is like a huge sign, right? That's your goal is to be able to be present. I'm not saying 24 seven because we are human, right? 
But if you aren't able to feel like you're present, you know, what I'm talking about is being able to catch those moments of glimmer in your day-to-day life. Yes, it's a lot of like stuff that aren't so glamorous to do, but like if it all feels like you're just trudging through mud, that's a huge sign that something isn't the way it's supposed to be for you. Open up. Talk to Michelle. Like this is what she specializes in. She's been through it. She knows and can really meet you where you're at and help you out here. So how have you been able to help other moms from your own experiences now that you're on the other side? Now you're like, okay, I've gone over that hill. I've gotten the support. I know exactly what that experience was like for me. Mm-hmm. How have you turned that into helping moms be able to get over their hump or their challenges with postpartum mental health? I think a lot of it's just, you know, meeting them where they are, like you said, Mm -hmm. and telling them, encouraging them. So many times we think that what we're going through is an us problem when it's really, it's honestly a society problem and like all of the weight that they put on moms and all the stigmas around motherhood. And you almost got to relearn some things because so many of us, and I know I have been guilty of this in the past. I thought that my kids should be the first above everything else. My marriage, myself, everything evolved around my children. And I'm not saying don't love your kids and don't do things for your kids, but They don't need to be the absolute center of the universe. It's okay to tell your kid, hold on a minute. I have to go to the bathroom. You are safe. You are okay. You're just frustrated that you can't open the toy. I need to take care of myself and do a basic human need and go to the bathroom. Or even eat. I have gotten so much better about that. If my kids get done eating before I do and they get up, that's fine. But if they want something, I tell them when I'm done eating, then I will help you because I deserve to be able to have a meal too. And that's not me being mean to my kids. That is me taking care of myself because I need to eat. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to be able to do basic human needs without feeling guilty for it. And it's good for them to learn patience anyway. Yes. Right? That's- like not everyone's going to drop everything they're doing to go help them with whatever's going on. Unless it's an emergency, mm-hmm. they can wait. And now if we are learning to take care of ourselves and prioritize ourselves and show our kids what mom deserves some time to, mom needs these things, guess what? We're teaching our daughters and our sons. It's okay when I become a mom to step out of the room when I need a minute. Because if they are the center of the universe, that's how they're raised. That they think that they are the center of the universe. But then they're going to then parent their kids. And then they're going to go through all those struggles. And it's like, if you think about it that way, you don't want your child going through that. You don't want them to feel those hardships when it doesn't need to be that way. So really just changing the perspective and the mindset about being a mom and what that all entails and how to do that in a real 
way that is good for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're hearing this and you're like, how (laughs) understandable, okay? Because if you're like us, we didn't have an example of what that looked like. We are literally the generation that is breaking these generational cycles because up until us, most moms were martyrs. They thought that it was their job to do everything for everyone except for themselves. They come last, if at all. And now we're like, wait a minute, that's not sustainable. We saw how our moms reacted from being burned out, the mom rage, the impact that it has on your marriage and your relationship with your kids. We don't want that. And now we're in this messy middle of like, okay, I don't (laughs) like that. I want that, but I don't know how to do that. And yeah, it's going to take a lot of unlearning and learning. And the beauty behind doing that work is that we get to experience something completely new as an experience and create a ripple effect for our kids. And we get to be the type of family that other families look up to. They're like, wait a minute, what are you doing that has you feeling so bubbly more often, right? Or why are you so happy? Why are you so radiant? What are you doing? Like, you've got kids too. You also have a husband. What is it that you're doing differently? Yeah. And you get to be that example. I mean, we've definitely had times where my husband and I are out without the kids and they're like, no kids. How'd you do that? And we're like, we got a babysitter. Yeah. You made it happen. We knew that we wanted to do this thing. And there's certain events that just are not good for kids. And in our house, we are really big on schedules and bedtimes. And so if it's something that's after the kid's bedtime, we are way more likely to get a babysitter and go by ourselves then drag the kids there and have whiny kids that are overtired and don't want to be there. And I love that my daughter knows and she'll be like, oh yeah, mommy and daddy are going on a date tonight. It's such a healthy thing for them. And it's become normal for them. Yeah. And it's healthy. I think a lot of like parents worry about Mm -hmm. the guilt that they feel and and their kids are going to feel abandoned, but it's like, Mm -hmm. no, depending on how you frame it, And how often you're doing it, it could just be like, oh, it's Friday or, oh, it's every other Friday. And now, you know, they're doing their thing and we get to have this opportunity to bond with this trusted adult that they had come here and watch us. That is okay to do because Mm -hmm. your marriage is the foundation and the reason why you have a family in the first place. So take care of that. Especially with our first, we definitely went through that time period where it was like, I can't, I can't leave the baby. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we wouldn't go places or we wouldn't have our date nights and definitely had an effect. Yeah. It affects how you deal with conflict, right? Arguments are going to happen more often. Your resentment's going to build. You're going to be more annoyed with each other. You're not going to want to hang out with each other. Like, Just as much as doing the work has a positive effect and and ripple effect, not doing the work and prioritizing what matters has a negative ripple effect, okay? Mm -hmm. So I know you happen to have a survival guide for our listeners. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. So I've developed, I call it the postpartum survival guide. And honestly, it's really good for if you're expecting, if you're newly postpartum, Or even if you're later postpartum, there's a lot of good information in it. There are checklists for what you need to prepare for postpartum. 
because you have all the checklists of like what to have for baby. But I didn't realize the things that I was going to need for my recovery. (laughs) So there's checklists for that. There are some healthy, quick snack ideas for you to have around. There's a lot more information about postpartum depression, the signs and symptoms, and the differences between that and baby blues, what to see, the timelines, all those things, and a lot of information on when you need to get help. There is also information on what your hormones are doing postpartum, because that's something that is not talked about enough. And that is something that hugely affects you postpartum. Your hormones go absolutely bonkers. Like they're insane. And a lot of what you experience is from your hormones. We just don't know that. We've never been told that. So at least for me, knowing what's going on and why it's happening made me go, okay, I don't feel so crazy because I feel this way because this hormone is doing this. And you're like, okay, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. So just a lot of things to really help moms and educate moms on what happens during postpartum. I love that. And the best part is that it is free. So check the description for the link so that you can go grab that. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Where can people find you? Two best places to find me are Facebook, just my personal Facebook account, Michelle Solger. And I have a free mama community. It's called Postpartum and Beyond. And it's a place where I share a lot in just a really safe mom community where you can go and connect with other moms and just get that support you need, whether it be a question you have or just needing to say, hey, I'm experiencing this. Am I the only one? I'm personally a member in that community and it is amazing. Okay. It's very engaging. It's very supportive. It's a safe space for moms alike. So definitely go check that out. I highly recommend it. Please go reach out to Michelle if you are struggling with any of the things that we talked about today, because you don't have to forever. This is definitely something that can be changed and you Mm -hmm. can grow through this and survive it. Go check out her survival guide. But anyway, Michelle, thank you so much for being a part of the show, for sharing your experiences and your guidance. Before I let you go, I love to ask my guests a question to help listeners get to know you better. Are you ready? All right. (laughs) What is your favorite trashy TV show? Summer House on Bravo. I've not seen that. What is that? It's a bunch of people who live in New York City and they have like a summer share house in the Hamptons. And they go every weekend and it's just... If you want trashy, it's on Bravo. So okay. I feel like they're home of those types of shows. Yeah, Summer that... House, and they have their spinoff of Winter House now. Okay. Is it kind of like real a... world, but like now? <laughs> There's no like competition. This is literally like they just go in the house and it's drama. Oh, okay. And do they know each other? <laughs> yes and no. Like every summer it's a different group. Okay. So like there's some core people and then... Like this person may bring this person from the outside. So like they're kind of a newbie to the group. Interesting. I'll have to go check that out. Thank you so much for being part of this. And if you love this episode, please go reach out to Michelle. Go join her Facebook group. Go download her free survival guide. Go reach out to her if the next step for you is to work with a coach. 
and let me and let Michelle know how you found her. Let us know what you think about this episode. Let me know if there's any other topics that you want to see covered on this show and how you like it. Okay, that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us and for sticking with us throughout this whole episode. And I will catch you back here next week. Bye. Bye. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. I would so appreciate that. And if you love what I share here, then you're going to love and want to join my free private Facebook community that's also called Marriage and Motherhood. I hope to see and connect with you in there. Otherwise, I'll catch you back here for the next episode. Bye.